Hello, my name is John K. Mathai. I am a student at the University of Illinois pursuing a PhD in nutritional sciences under Dr. Hans H. Stein. Today I'm going to present on protein quality and evaluation basics, a current hot topic in human nutrition, and what we here at the U of I in the Stein Lab are working on in that field through a presentation I've titled Protein Quality, Transitions in Food Protein Evaluation. I'll begin the presentation with a brief history of protein evaluation. You'll notice I have the logo of the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations here, not only because I'll be citing them heavily, but also because they have proven to be leaders in spearheading transitions in protein evaluation methodologies. And then I have our university logo and a drawing of a pig, because after discussing these trends, I'll describe the work that we are doing here with the pigs to further those means. I think first it's important to establish what we mean when we say protein quality. A quote from an FAO publication sums it up best. Nutritive value of a protein depends on its capacity to provide nitrogen and amino acids in adequate amounts to meet the requirements of an organism. Essentially, a protein's value is based upon its ability to provide essential amino acids. I think everyone can agree on this. However, when discussing protein values in humans, there are certain challenges that must be overcome. Unlike in animals, there are certain ethical, technical, and even economical barriers that prove difficult to overcome. So as a result, and in line with a lot of other human biological research, the rat proved an accessible and easy alternative. Using the rat, the first mainstream method for evaluating protein was determining the protein efficiency ratio. This method was in use as early as 1919. The ratio is simply calculated by taking the rat's gain in body mass over a certain time and dividing that by their protein intake. One could then take this ratio and multiply that ratio by a reasonable daily intake of said protein to determine a protein rating. Now, there are a couple of caveats to this approach. First and foremost, this method uses the rat's growth as a marker, which means that the rat's amino acid requirements are determining the protein rating. Secondly, this method did not account for the maintenance requirement of the animal. Therefore, individual protein scores could not be appropriately compared to each other. For example, a protein with a PER of 2.0 is not necessarily twice as good a protein source as a protein with a score of 1.0. Acknowledging these flaws, an expert consultation conference in 1980 determined that the PER needed to be replaced. At that conference, it was determined that certain concepts needed to be addressed. There needed to be some accounting for the actual digestibility of a protein and to address the unavailability of certain amino acids. There also needed to be a way to standardize amino acid analytical chemistry methodology. Ultimately, it was decided there needed to be a move towards digestibility of amino acids, as opposed to the protein as a whole. And finally, there needed to be a greater understanding of human amino acid requirements. As a result of these desired changes, an expert consultation was held in 1989. Several things came out of this meeting. Standardized methodologies for amino acid analysis were determined. A reference pattern of amino acid requirements for preschool children was established for future scoring systems. And interestingly, fecal digestibility of nitrogen was decided upon as the correction factor for scoring systems. This is interesting because ileal digestibility was at the time understood to be a better estimator for protein digestibility. This is primarily for two reasons. One, absorption of amino acids ends at the ileum. And two, the microbiota in the large intestine generate nitrogen and therefore alter the nitrogenous composition of the feces. However, fecal digestibility was settled upon because methodologies to determine ileal digestibility were just not where they needed to be at the time. But finally, the major outcome of this meeting was that the protein digestibility corrected amino acid scoring, or PDCAS for short, was established as a successor to PER. PDCAS is calculated by taking the milligrams of the first limiting amino acid in one gram of test protein over the milligrams of the same amino acid in the reference protein, 
and then multiplying that value by the digestibility of fecal nitrogen. This system was a major improvement over PER. For one, it factored in digestibility, and two, it was based on human requirements for amino acids. As a result, the PDCAS became the commonly accepted way to evaluate proteins for over 20 years. However, while acknowledging the strengths of PDCAS, there were still concerns with how the values were determined. For one, the score was based on the concentration of one amino acid, and was, as we mentioned before, corrected by fecal nitrogen digestibility. Second, the fecal digestibility was determined in rats, a model that was becoming increasingly questioned as to its appropriateness as a model for human nutrition. Therefore, the pig was proposed as a superior model when compared with rats. And finally, all PDCAS values were truncated at 1.0, or 100%, under the assumption that excess protein would only be excreted. However, this idea assumes that said protein source is the only source in the diet, and doesn't factor in how amino acids from different protein sources may complement each other. Therefore, in 2011, another FAO expert consultation was held to evaluate PDCAS and determine potential alternatives. At this meeting, it was decided that individual amino acids needed to start being considered as individual nutrients. Ileal digestibility was proposed as the best currently available method for determining amino acid digestibility. Additionally, three new amino acid reference patterns were developed, one for birth to six months, one for six months to three years, and one for three years and above. And most importantly, the Digestible Indispensable Amino Acid Scoring, DIAS for short, was established as a successor to PDCAS. DIAS are calculated by taking the milligrams of digestible indispensable amino acids in one gram of the protein divided by the milligrams of the same indispensable amino acid in one gram of the reference protein, and then multiplying this value by 100. DIAS is an improvement over PDCAS because it corrects for the ileal digestibility of each amino acid, meaning that each amino acid is corrected by its own specific digestibility at the ileum. Additionally, DIAS scores are not truncated at 100%. This is important because it allows for an understanding of how various proteins can play complementary roles to each other in the diet. It also can potentially eliminate any bias that may occur from truncation. Now, as the dias value has only recently been adopted as a preferred means for protein evaluation, PDCAS will still be used until a sufficient database of dias values have been established. It is in the development of this database that the Stein Lab comes in. But before we get into some of our current and planned research, it might be valuable to go through a brief overview of how we here at the Stein Lab determine digestible indispensable amino acid scores. It begins with the determination of ileal digestibility of amino acids in pigs. We go about this in the same manner as we do to determine apparent and standardized ileal digestibility of amino acids for feed ingredients. We begin by inserting a cannula, as shown here on the right, into the terminal ileum of a pig. Here we see a photo of Dr. Stein and a former student performing the surgery on a pig. The middle shows the final product immediately after surgery, and the rightmost picture is of a pig a couple weeks post-surgery. You can see here the surgical incisions are nicely healed, the cannula is tight and flush to the body, and the pig is behaving normally. So, by using these cannulated pigs to collect ileal effluent samples, we can determine the standardized ileal digestibility of amino acids in various products. So here we have some ileal digestibility data on soy protein isolate determined in our lab. Fairly high amino acid digestibility all around. Just to note, SAA refers to methionine and cysteine, and here AAA refers to only phenylalanine and tyrosine. Using the digestibility values we just looked at, we are able to calculate the actual concentration of digestible amino acids in milligrams per gram of crude protein by multiplying the digestibility of an amino acid by its concentration in the actual ingredient.
Then, by dividing our concentrations of digestible amino acids by the values in our reference tables, again based on human requirements, we can calculate digestible indispensable amino acid reference ratios. So here we have the dias reference ratios for each of the indispensable amino acids in soy protein isolate. We see here that the lowest value is for sulfur amino acids. So by taking this value and multiplying it by 100, we have the dias score for SPI, 98% as determined by its first limiting amino acid, or in this case, acids, the sulfur amino acids. So this was just an example from some of our data. But we have also done some work in other food products. Here we have some data for various cereal grains used as food sources throughout the world. We can see here that as far as amino acid quality, for the most part, grains are not a good protein source. In light of this data, we had the question as to how the dias system represents the protein quality of various plant and animal proteins. So here we have some brand new data comparing animal and plant proteins. On the x-axis, going from the left, we have whey protein isolate, whey protein concentrate, milk protein concentrate, skim milk powder, pea protein isolate, soy protein isolate, soy flour, and wheat. The first limiting amino acid for each of these ingredients is listed in the table to the right. From this data, we can see that it appears that, by and large, the sources of animal protein on the left-hand side of the table have greater amino acid quality when compared with the plant sources, the sources on the right-hand side of the table. Now this is just a brief look at this data, but you can see more on this data in a future publication and perhaps a future podcast. Currently, we have plans to do more dias work. Particularly, we have begun work on an experiment to determine the effects that cooking may have on the dias values in pork roast. We are also planning on being a part of a large collaborative work to determine the dias values in 100 different food proteins in order to further develop the dias database. We also see some potential opportunities for the future. We see opportunities in understanding how different ingredients can come together to provide amino acids in complete diets. And also, we see a need for the further development of amino acid reference patterns for humans at different stages of life. I hope this presentation was helpful in understanding where protein evaluation is today, and also in giving you a snapshot of some of the projects we are working on here at the Stein Lab. I'd like to thank you for your attention, and to let you know that if you enjoyed this presentation or wanted to find more information, visit us at nutrition.ansci.illinois.edu.